1: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem, Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
2: Hey, good afternoon. Welcome. Thanks for coming along today. I was at uh, just a dentist earlier today. You ever go to the dentist, you know? <laughs> uh, yes. And, and you go, like, in long conversations with your hygienist, which are an impossibility.
3: Right, because she's. She's she got things he's in your talking mouth to you and you're
2: right right it, it, but there's some important things that need to be said and anyway we got on the subject today of vacations and where do you go on a vacation so we were talking about the beach and you know our mutual shared love of the beach so i'm doing research today and uh, this topic came up this mutual shared love of the beach but in the outer banks there is a uh, a large shark that is headed towards the Outer Banks. Now, uh, the Oceanic uh, Research Institute has tagged hundreds and hundreds of sharks. And uh, one shark that's headed into the uh, Outer Banks, uh, he was tagged by researchers at the Woods Hill Oceanographic Institution aboard the uh, MV Machara. I guess it's a boat.
3: I think it's Woods Hole.
2: Uh, Woods Hole. Uh, Woods Hole Ocean- oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he was named this uh, the shark named by the Mandela family, who is both avid shark followers and fluent in Pittsburghese. And so, wait the, the
3: people sh- who were fluent in I'm, I'm losing track of the story. The people
2: who uh, are fluent in Pittsburghese are also connected with the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute, right? And uh, they somehow had the ability to name the shark that was tagged. So the shark uh, that's headed towards the Outer Banks, his name, or uh, I would say it's probably his name, is Yinzer. Yinzer the shark is a mako shark. It's a male, 6 feet, 10 inches long, 255 pounds. Mm-hmm. And um, so the ability is cool with these tags. They know exactly the, sh- the animal has to come up out of the water enough for the ping to transmit to a satellite. But it's been a couple of days since uh, he's pinged.
3: I cannot believe that you think that that's the point of the story, the tagging of the shark. Why? Because the point of the story is that someone has named a shark Yenzer. Yeah.
2: Someone who's a Pittsburgh lover. Someone has
3: named... A shark, a Mako shark, Yinzer. Right. That has made my day.
2: Somewhere out there in the ocean.
3: Somehow that's a little bit making up for Kenny Woodnut serving Heinz ketchup.
4: <laughs> Somewhere so there in is the a, There
3: is a shark, you're saying, mm-hmm. headed – so not the first Yinzer who's longed to go to the Outer Banks.
2: There are many Yinzers, myself included. Sure. I'm holding my hand mm-hmm. up, who love to go to the Outer sure. Banks.
3: So Yenzer's in good company. Right.
2: But I do not want to meet this Yinzer. I
3: don't think he – Will be welcomed with open arms. No, <laughs>
2: it will just be open arm at some point. Well, if that was the case, that's
3: not a funny joke. Mm-hmm,
2: it's true. Yeah, you know it's okay. true.
3: Wow, that is awesome mm-hmm. that someone did that. Yeah, there's the, all these sort the of Mandela family. Yeah, any relation to Nelson? No,
2: I don't know. That's all that they say about them. But there's all these sort of like hoity-toity. Brunswick is one of the sharks. Oh yeah. Names. Right. Erica is the one of the Erica sharks. Erica the names. shark. Jane the shark. Ingo the shark. Zuza the shark. Miss May, the shark, Catherine with a K, shark, mm-hmm. Naya, Nai Hal, the shark.
3: Now, that's funny. I like Hal, the shark.
2: Cabot, the shark, Luna, the shark, Miss Costa, and then Yinzer.
3: <laughs> that's so base.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Very oh, good.
3: Wait, what do I hear?
2: Here comes Yinzer. Get out of the water, all Yins. Get out of the water now.
3: Get out in that. You're gonna be losing your limb. No, because Yinzer's not gonna hurt anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Does a mako shark bite you? I, I don't know, but I don't. I mean, it's not like a great white. I mean, we know they're gonna bite you. Well, it's a
2: shark. I, you know, all sharks bite. Most sharks have. The ability to well, but crush. No, wait,
3: the way Mike says that, all of a sudden, he sounds like he was a Woods Hole working. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't it's know, Mike. All yeah. sharks bite. I mean, they it's bite something, but I don't know if they're biting you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what's, a,
2: what's the poor young one who lost her arm? She was oh, a surfer. Oh, that's such a
3: wonderful story. That I mean, is. it's a sad story, but yeah. her, the way she's dealt with it yeah. is such a wonderful story. Excellent, excellent. Oh, my gosh. We saw the
2: movie, but I yeah. forget the girl's name. I know. I can't think name. of her name either.
3: Now we, now we have all sorts of people who are... Screaming to her name Sorry. into the radio and saying, "Oh my gosh, how can you not think get of the Get
2: out, name? In that. It's coming in, coming at you.
3: Okay, well, Yenzer the shark wants to go to the Outer Banks. Mm-hmm. It's All right, I, but I, it's, I want him to get there. But, I mean, but, but the science not is when cool. When anyone else is there,
2: the shark gets pinged. I like that.
3: I like, yeah, but that
2: that I mean because when then we okay. you know where Yinzer right, is,
3: right? So I mean that's a great like oceanographic story. But what I'm going for is the fact that someone named a shark Yinzer. Yenzer. Good night. Mm-hmm. That's great.
2: Uh, usually we go to the White House.
3: Yeah, uh, we on do on Monday. Monday.
2: But uh, today we're going because uh, our White House uh, fix was unavailable. Greg Clarkson's going to join us uh, from the White House. We'll talk about President Trump. And is he back from um, jolly old England?
3: I don't know, but there were some beautiful photographs. And mm-hmm. boy, the Queen, it was a class act. Which, the, the statement that she read to oh, the President, lovely. it was
2: beautiful. Did you see the photograph taken from a specific angle? For a while there, there was thought that the President and the Queen fist bumped. Did you see that? Uh,
3: please tell me that happened.
2: Well, apparently it didn't because at oh, first when it was see, reported – I hate fake news. But when it looks at it, both it looks like they are fist bumping, but apparently they said it was just an odd angle that the queen herself would never fist bump the president of the United States. But that's She might not fist bump almost anyone. Almost as good as Yinzer the shark. is.
3: When I was listening to her give her uh, – I heard the audio of her address to, yes. the, to the president and all the guests that were assembled. All I could think of was um, – the Crown. Yeah, and Claire Foy. Mm-hmm. She has copped the Queen's method of address mm-hmm. in such a perfect way. It just it blew me away when I heard the Queen today. It's lovely. It's gorgeous. Yeah. What a performance that was.
2: Okay, we'll take a break. Come back. We are headed into the basement of the White House. Secrets will be told. Stories unfolding in just a minute.
3: you getting close to retirement? Have you experienced a nice bump in your portfolio? Well, we know that the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how to lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure you have a retirement that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, and speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle them too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. So call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how, for 25 years, the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Give them a call today, 724-884-1496, or visit them online at marleyfg.com. 101.5
4: WORD.
6: Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Crayon.
2: In one sense, you don't know how well you've done as a parent until you see your grandchildren. Think of the lifespan of your witness and your testimony and your influence in your family, not only to your children, but to your children's children. Tune in
1: next time for PowerPoint with Jack Crayon. PowerPoint tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. Share, like, comment, tweet.
0: Are these foreign terms to your business? They may not be to your competition and the reason you're losing sales. We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers.
7: Right now, save $500 off a beautiful new Pella entry door. We have hundreds of entry door options to transform your home home, create exceptional curb appeal, and add lasting value. An array of glass patterns, from traditional to contemporary, can give you just the right amount of light and privacy you need. And Pella's exclusive Advantage Plus system protects your investment from damaging weather. Get $500 off right now or 48 months no interest. Call 888-78-PELLA or pellapittsburgh.com. Chris Tomlin is unveiling the song, Good, Good Fox.
8: Word FM presents writer, comedian, and playwright Sherry Lynn. In a
7: room full of Christian music broadcasters, two elderly black women will stand out.
8: It's Ladies Night Out, June 21st at the Bible Chapel.
7: My mom and them have begun to do what I call a Baptist coastal rock. Hey, who I am How? They didn't know whether to watch Chris Tomlin or Aretha Franklin and Patty LaBelle singing in the
8: back. For tickets and group discounts, go to WordFM.com.
2: Well, the president uh, has been hanging out with the monarchy. Big news there. The reaction as well. Greg Clarkson joins us weekly from the White House. Greg Clarkson, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, uh, you yourself in merry old England?
9: No, I did not make the trip across the ocean here, here on the East Coast still. Mm-hmm. But uh, keeping track of everything happening there with the Queen and uh, Prince Charles and everybody else. There's a lot going on.
3: Yeah, so there seems to be a lot happening, Greg. So um, I heard audio of the Queen and the address she made to the President and all the assembled guests, which was lovely and gracious and expressed um, a great belief in the solidarity um, and the mission of the two
7: countries.
9: Right, that was really the theme of uh, yesterday's activities which included a state banquet and a meeting of course between the Queen and the President and the First Lady and uh, those remarks were were made yesterday and uh, today there was a shift from sort of the pageantry of the state visit um, uh, and the and the red carpet that was rolled out and the dinner and all of that with more of a focus on policy but th- that good-natured um, relationship um, and the expressions of it were um, offered again today as the president met with the prime minister now what's interesting is the prime minister Theresa May, she is leaving office, she's stepping down as prime minister officially at the end of the week wow. and so uh, she's yeah, uh, this state visit comes at a time when there's a lot of uh, turmoil internally in terms of uh, political leadership in Brit- in Britain, and of course the idea of Brexit, uh, England leaving, the United Kingdom leaving the European Union, uh, is still a huge cloud of you know, hanging over. The Theresa May, uh, you know, prime minister tenure. So there's a lot going on there. But, you know, what I have to say is the president was extremely, extremely complimentary today of the prime minister and her handling of Brexit, even though he has criticized her about it in the past. But perhaps he thought, hey, she's leaving office. Let's uh, let's speak kindly of her.
3: Right. Let's give the woman a break, right? <laughs> yeah.
9: okay. Although he didn't, Kathy, I must say, he, he didn't have kind words for the mayor of London.
5: That's uh, an understatement.
9: Yes. <laughs> As the Air Force One was about to, to land yesterday, uh, the president tweeted out that the the, the mayor of London was a stone-cold loser, and then today at a press conference he was asked about, um, you know, the mayor once again, and he said, look, he's, he's negative, he should be positive. And so that verbal match and feud between the two continues today. Right.
2: So the Brits do not suffer the president's... Um Uh, verbal joust, some would say nastiness well. Apparently he called uh, Meghan uh, Meghan Markle uh, a nasty and that was, uh, of course, not received well either. I mean, it's a different landscape for the president. What's shocking to me is less than 24 hours before the president uh, said that the mayor of London was a a stone-cold loser, he was on stage and being prayed for by David Platt in a congregation of well-meaning believers. And it, it, it feels as though the president doesn't absorb any of that
9: yeah that was a really interesting development on sunday the president was uh, or uh, yeah before he left uh, to go to uh, you know overseas to london the president had gone out to his golf club uh, on the weekend which he often does which is located in northern virginia it's about a 30-minute drive uh, from here at the white house and uh, i've made that trip on occasion as member of uh, as a member of the traveling uh you know pool of reporters and uh I wasn't a part of the the trip uh, this past weekend but instead of just returning to the white house the president stopped by uh, a large mega church in northern virginia mclean bible church uh he didn't make any comments on stage but did go on to the platform at the at the church and uh, the pre- and the pastor prayed there he has since apologized for Sort of making that spectacle um, Sunday had been uh, pinpointed as a as a day to maybe offer especially prayers for the president and so it was it was sort of a, a you know sort of a photo op in a way and uh, but in terms of whether the president absorbs that and whether or not the pastor was right to have the have the president come on stage for that prayer I guess it depends on your you know your your opinion on that but uh, it it did raise a little bit of a ruckus
5: mm-hmm.
3: Greg Clugston with SSRN News White House Correspondent. So let's go back to Trump in England. Um, Theresa May on her way out, she was unable to deliver Brexit. Um, We're not sure what's going to happen afterwards. Um, Trump throwing his uh, vote or weight behind any candidates, Greg?
9: yeah he was asked about that at the press conference today he he said that he really didn't want to uh, you know to get in uh to all of that but he uh, he has expressed um you know some leanings toward that and on on the on the brexit issue uh he was pointing out again that he uh, did correctly say that he thought that the voters a couple of years ago in the uk would in fact go ahead and approve brexit when even some of the polls were showing that it didn't look as if uh, that might happen. So he was sort of uh, saying, hey, look, I I, I, uh, I won against the polls in, in that issue as well. And he, he said he really believes that Brexit is going to be ultimately positive for the United Kingdom. And uh, one reason why is because he says the United States is standing ready to uh, work out a a trade deal that would be specifically between the U.S. and the U.K. He said that there's enormous potential there. He thinks that they can work out, in his words, a phenomenal trade relationship. That doesn't make it any easier for, you know, the politicians and the eventual next prime minister uh, to work out the details. But the president, uh, he was pretty bullish today on, on moving forward and then having brexit actually happen fabulous
2: uh, let's move forward to uh, to mexico greg because as the president has done with china and tariffs trade tariffs he's also threatening or moving forward with tariffs against the the state of mexico can you talk about that this is some form of punishment for uh, immigration and or uh, drug activity
9: Sure, he wants Mexico to do more to really stop illegal uh, immigration, you know, migration coming into the U.S. at the southern border. And so he has threatened, uh, a few days ago, this idea of an escalating tariff. It would start next week at 5%, and then it would increase in 5% increments, up to 25%, uh, if there's no progress when it comes to migration and violence issues at the border. And so the president says, look, uh, we're going to be talking about this. Mexican officials are going to be here in Washington tomorrow to meet with Trump administration officials. And even though those talks are scheduled for tomorrow, the president today at that news conference in London said he still fully expects the uh, the tariffs to begin next week. Now, what's interesting is there are any number of Republicans in Congress who are not really uh, on board with this idea of tariffs and some of them have talked about trying to make a move to block the president's move in this area and the president asked about that, said uh, he thought that would be foolish if Republicans try to block him. So it, it's going to be uh, curious to see how that relationship of the president with members of his own party worked on this issue here, uh, even even this week and the coming days.
5: Mm-hmm. But,
3: you know, I, I heard today that it sounds like Mexico is saying, now, wait, now, there, we're, you know, we're close to an agreement here that things could change. So perhaps, you know, when I first heard about this, the Mexican tariff thing last weekend, I thought this is, first of all, it's. Announcing it on Twitter is craziness. And second of all, this is like this is this is punishing Americans in some regard for what's going on at the border, which should be handled by Congress anyway. It just seemed like a really cattywampus approach to it. But now it sounds like it might work.
9: Well, that right that's that, that's what um, you know the, the Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell was saying, look, there's not a lot of appetite for tariffs among the Republicans because you're right that they view it as you know really being more of a problem for American consumers uh, and hurting our country more than it's intended to hurt Mexico, but this president he likes the idea of tariffs he likes to to make that threat, and he really believes that it uh, it provides the u.s. with more leverage in these relationships um so there there he's he's has used tariffs both uh you know in in a positive way and and there also have been moves on tariffs that have had negative effects uh in this particular case it's possible that mexico they don't want to deal with that and uh, they'll step up to the plate and actually make these changes, which the president said he hopes will happen. But he says he's he's still willing to go forward with this um, if it's not met to his satisfaction. And based on what we've seen with other countries, he has gone through and delivered on levying these kinds of penalties in the past.
2: SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston is with us. Greg, uh, let's take a look at the... Um the continuing, growing uh, Democratic field of presidential contenders. Uh, that boat is awfully full, isn't it? And it looks to be even more crowded as months move on.
9: Right. We're getting uh, closer just a couple of weeks now, uh, two, three weeks away from these first rounds of, of Democratic debates, as uh, we were all talking about this time last week. Uh, and we're starting to see a little bit more of, you know, pointed exchanges uh, between the various Democratic campaigns because the real struggle for some of these candidates is to mark out some sort of unique territory within the democratic land, uh, landscape here, because the field is so large, and, and many of, of these candidates have similar views on a lot of different issues. So it's hard, unless you are uh, in the top tier of the polling Democrats right now, it's hard to sort of make, a, make your place known and your name known in the field. So that's moving forward. And and the other sort of thing, when you're talking about the Democrats, you have to also talk about the response to the investigations that Democrats in Congress continue to carry out of the president and his administration and of his campaign and his business dealings. And so what you have uh, this week is the president and the White House essentially saying that um, they want former White House officials, and they've done this in the past, but they're saying it again. They want former White House aides to not cooperate with any congressional investigations. And so the latest letter from the White House is instructing former aides Hope Hicks and Annie Donaldson to defy any subpoenas and not provide documents to Democrats on Capitol Hill. So uh, that's the posture of the White House. The president, Mm -hmm. as, uh, as we've talked about, has said in the past he wants to defy all and fight all subpoenas and he's so far living up to that.
3: Wow, okay, so where does this go from here? I'm just wondering about the collision of the impeachment threat with the, you know, upcoming uh, presidential election and I'm wondering if the Democrats are going to be working against themselves even as far as media attention.
9: Yeah, that's that's a real potential, you know, issue for Democrats because you have a very uh, vocal You have a lot of vocal members on the Democratic uh, side that are pushing for impeachment. And, of course, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has said we need to be methodical and orderly and fairly deliberative in in going down that path, even though it seems uh, that there has been and you add in the Democratic presidential candidates, many of whom have said that they believe impeachment proceedings should begin. So that adds even more pressure on the Democratic leadership on the House side. So there is that internal struggle uh, among Democrats right now about how 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 much to go in that direction. Because other Democrats are saying, look, even if we were to impeach the president with proceedings on Capitol uh, on the House side of Capitol Hill, Republicans control the Senate, and there just simply aren't the votes there. To actually convict Mm -hmm. the president in an impeachment trial. So there are any number of Democrats who are saying, look, we don't have the numbers. The math doesn't add up. So why even go down this path when we're just a little over a year away from the election?
2: But it doesn't seem to matter, does it? They're going to move forward.
9: It, you know, there are indications, you know, some days more than others, it seems like they are going to move forward. And obviously these investigations are trying to, in some cases, piece together a few more, uh, you know, bits of information and, and, and potential or possible evidence together to uh, help make that case for impeachment. So it's it's all about the timetable, too, because uh, as the as the election year um, activities and debates kick in even more, uh, this impeachment question is simply not going to go away
2: okay well greg uh to be continued I guess, oh, well, right? i'm guess,
3: right? i telling you i can't wait maybe next time we break down every single democratic candidate for president I and mean, we will have to have you on for the full two hours
9: <laughs> that's right it's going to take it's going to take two hours to go through the whole list
2: well it's always interesting greg thanks an awful lot we really appreciate your insights
9: my pleasure take care
2: thank you greg Clugston, srn news white house correspondent information about greg and salem news wordfm.com
3: Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home.
5: I want you to sleep in. I want you to cool down. And I want you to have the home of your dreams. I'm Melissa Walters, CEO and daughter of family-owned and run BlindsGalore.com. My mom, Shelly, and I have been working together for as long as I can remember. We've never settled for mediocre, and you shouldn't either. We're tough customers, but we love to say wow when it's worth it. That's why we built Blinds Galore, to give you designer blinds, shades, drapery, and shutters without the designer price. Get free samples, free shipping, and all the free design help you desire. Our in-house team of experts can help you online or over the phone every step of the way. Plus, you're free to exchange your custom blinds or shades for any reason. It's that simple. We've been doing this for nearly 20 years and want you to take pride in your window treatments. It's your home, after all. You'll love the view. We We promise. promise. Just go to BlindsGalore.com. That's BlindsGalore.com.
4: She has a calming spirit. You can tell she's a genuine person and actually
8: cares. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care with Dr. Megan Stock. She was just friendly and nice, and her office staff is actually just as welcoming. And you
4: can tell that they all are really on the same page and they want to help people. And even my family members, like my mom goes to her, and she's always been terrified of dentists, and she just raves
3: about Dr. Megan.
8: Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at
10: StockFamilyDentistry.com. Do you know where your mattress came from? If your mattress is from the original Mattress Factory, you can rest easy knowing that your mattress was hand-built right here in Pittsburgh. And every Original Mattress Factory mattress features American-made materials, from our supportive inner springs to cotton padding to our shock-absorbing box springs. You can even stop by our factory to take a tour and see our team make your mattress. Can the other guys say that? That is the Original Mattress Factory difference. Visit us at originalmattress.com. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation of America invites you to take
8: steps for cures at a walk event near you. Support the 1.6 million Americans living with these diseases. Get started at
11: cctakesteps.org. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half Half-off home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more, all from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com/slash shopping, and God save the green.
12: Tonight we'll have patchy clouds and a low near 60. For tomorrow, it'll be variably cloudy and more humid with a couple showers and thunderstorms around, especially in the afternoon and evening. 76 for the high. Cloudy with a shower late tomorrow night. The low will be 63. Thursday starts out with clouds and a shower. Then you'll see partial afternoon sun and the high will be 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait.
2: So imagine if in 25 years, your primary caretaker was a robot. Now, it's inevitable, of course, if you're an older person, you're ill, and you've got a robot taking care of you, that some frustrations may rise up against the machine right? You as the the patient, you get anxious or angry, you're in pain, and you lash out. Well, there is a, a PhD um, stu- student at Carnegie Mellon University who works in the robotics field. And uh, this student is working on empathy robots. Uh, the student's name is uh, Michelle, Michelle Loria. And she is uh, learning how to create cathartic objects that you can actually punch Shout profanities at and stab.
3: Okay. Now, is this the kind of thing I could keep in my office? <laughs>
2: no. No. Okay. This is down the down the road here. Okay. okay. All right. This is well, the, well,
3: when you and Mike hmm, fail me.
2: Right. Twenty five years. If we're still doing the show in twenty five years. I'll be out of my mind. <laughs> Kill Roy! Okay. I will be. Kill Roy! I just want to say that. Okay. All right. So Fine. it's weird. These these objects are fascinating. Now there's a doll. It is um, a doll-like prototype, a plush body that's covered in red, purple, and yellow uh, fabric. This pattern. It also has a shock of violent hair on its head. Also, it has no face. No face. Uh, Yeah, it's not meant. It just meant, you know, as a prototype. But the weird thing about it is, and I wish we had a recording of this. It has an immensely irritating voice, like a deranged clown. And so, oh,
3: that's horrible. How is that empathetic?
2: No, no. So. Um, When you lash out at the deranged sound Wait, as the, the patient. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um,
3: uh, I'm lashing out because this, his voice is so annoying. Right.
2: Right. Uh, here's what it says. You're getting very nervous. You're getting very angry. Then it starts laughing in this irritating way, Ms. Lauria says. That's when you slam it, you, the patient, slam it against the table. Then it reevaluates whether you're still angry and when that kind of balances out, then it stops the laugh. Okay,
3: that – no, no. Now,
2: this mm-hmm. is just early on no. in the process. I mean, this is a bad idea. Early on. Now, there's also a, uh, a, a, a sh- uh, like a cube shape object that absorbs your profanities. So if you are swearing, this cube lights up and turns red. <laughs> and then as you – Mike, you getting this? As you cool off, as your profanities decrease, Mm -hmm. then the light itself changes as well into a a lighter blue. Mm
3: -hmm. So when you start saying, darn it, all of a sudden it turns blue?
2: Oh, heck. Yeah, right? Then you just Mm -hmm. kind of settle down. Now, again, these are all just early empathetic experiments. The third one is the most disturbing. There's like this little sort of like wig. What is that? It's kind of like a little hairy wig thing, and you put these little stabbers these little sort of pointing stabber things and um, again it reacts to the movement it reacts to being stabbed and she says i think that that's basing the assumption on a slew of comments that by stabbing it the thing moves you can see the you know the object move and you can see the effect that you're having on the- that this is a bad idea no 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 idea. it's all in the name of research because <laughs>
3: It doesn't mean it's not a bad idea.
2: No, it's a good idea because they're teaching – the very early stages of – I don't
3: care if it's the early stage or the late stage. That's a bad idea. I like the idea. No. We, what, what, so you're going to teach people how every time they're angry, they can throw something <laughs> across the room until that thing can evaluate whether it's still angry and then the thing can start to I don't laugh.
2: I, I just know in the name of scientific inquiry, it's good to try to um, – engage an inanimate object like a robot because they're going to be here, but they're going to be here before you know it. it's a bad idea.
3: It's totally a bad idea because it's modifying human behavior. Now, listen, if you ever walk in to Mike's studio and he is stabbing a wig with a pencil,
2: yeah. I call management. Thank you.
3: you That's not not good behavior. It's not something we want to encourage. It's not like you're taking all your negative emotions and getting rid of them so you don't have them anymore. You're training yourself to follow through on your negative emotions, to
2: act on them. I don't know about that. I just know that in the future, there will be a little difference here. And so we're teaching our machines Mm -hmm. to respond.
10: I'll stick with uh, Christian counselors instead of attacking a robot. That's a good idea, I guess. 101.5
4: WORD. Listen to Adrian
1: Rogers. For by grace are you saved. Glory to God. That's good news. That's the story of redeeming love. Learn how to wisely make the decisions that determine your destiny as you learn about God's redeeming love with Adrian Rogers this month on Love Worth
8: Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD
13: turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? Hi, it's me, Marsha, from the Springhouse. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give the Springhouse Catering Department a call at 724 228 from your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm-fresh catering from from the spring house.
8: How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org.
6: Every year, an SAT... Estimated 700,000 people in the U.S. are diagnosed with a type of skin cancer called cutaneous squamous cell carcinoma, or CSCC. CSCC is the second most common skin cancer in the U.S. and often presents as dry patches on sun-exposed parts of the body. CSCC is readily treatable when caught early, but is more aggressive in advanced stages. People living in the southern half of the U.S. are especially at risk for advanced CSCC. Learn more at CSCCinformation.com. This report is brought to you by Regeneron and Sanofi.
11: You know they say the best is yet to come, but to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for your retirement blueprint with Kurt Konadic
9: and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at ten. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations. No product pushing. Just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss your retirement blueprint with Kurt Konadic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at ten. Right here on one point
2: five word FM Lonely
1: I am Mr Lonely
5: I have nobody for my own
3: I'm so lonely. Oh, that's awful. I'm no it is.
2: Lonely the Genesee. <laughs> Who is that, Mike?
3: Bobby Vinton. Hey. Oh, don't
2: be ripping on Bobby V. Oh my gosh, he's v. the Polish prince. Don't be ripping on him. He's an
3: honorary member of my family, oh, believe me. Of course me. he is. He's definitely better than Janice. He, he
2: shared is. a pierogi or a few,
3: hasn't he? I can't believe, I'm going to get about 10 emails from my cousin saying, I cannot believe you asked, who's Who is this? that? Mr. So lonely. Holy yeah. I-, I was with a group of friends the other night, John, and uh, they were talking about, how you kind of look at yourself as an introvert or an extrovert. And they were saying, you know, blah, 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 you know. And so they got to – we're going around the room. And they got to me and they said, well, you know, clearly you're an extrovert. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm actually an introvert. And they said, oh, for heaven. sake, believe that. You can't be in radio and be an introvert. And I thought, isn't it funny how we appear to other people, right? How we portray ourselves – And then what we actually are inside. And I wonder if we just – if we're not acquainted with what we need or we just do a bad job of projecting what we need.
2: How we see ourselves versus how everybody else sees us.
3: Yeah, and how it is that we like balance the difference between being alone and rejoicing in that and benefiting from that. And then also being in community at the same time and recognizing that they're – I mean they're – There are drawbacks to both yeah, and there are benefits to both.
2: Okay. So like a perfect Saturday for me was this past Saturday where my wife was working and both of my kids were gone all day long. (laughs) So I spent the entire day by myself, literally alone in the backyard. It was glorious. Mm -hmm. Sunday I went to church, hung out with some friends, hung out afterwards, went to lunch with some some people. That's a pretty good week for me. Right. But I really would prefer not to be with people.
3: Right. Most people, though, who would hear you on the air would say, well, of course, John Hall. I mean, he media is his career. He's clearly an extrovert.
2: No, it doesn't work that way. But there is such a thing as a good balance. Yeah, I think? mean, there
3: is. Because if you were by yourself all the time oh, and you had so no crazy. small group or no small community, I mean, what would ha- you'd go into a psychological <laughs> downward spiral. I sure would. I mean, maybe I shouldn't be assessing you in that way. No, but I'll I just-
2: take it. The doctor's in. Amy Simpson is also with us. Amy's acquisitions editor from Moody Publishing. She's an author, a speaker, a leadership coach. She's written uh, many wonderful books that uh, we love. We'll talk about those a little later on. But, but Amy, thanks for coming along today because you highlighted – as your time here with us today a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer which is exactly what Kath and I are talking about.
4: Yeah exactly it's this this quote from his book Life Together which talks about um, you know that there, like Kathy was saying there are benefits and perils both to to being in, in, um, in community being around other people and being alone and particularly if we're sort of avoiding one or the other right yes. if we're going to one extreme or another there are are profound, as he says, profound perils and pitfalls. So
2: let me read this quote. Dietrich Bonhoeffer noted in Life Together, he says this, Let him who cannot be alone beware of community. Let him who is not in community beware of being alone. Each by itself has profound perils and pitfalls. One who wants fellowship without solitude plunges into the void of words and feelings. And the one who seeks solitude without fellowship perishes in the abyss of vanity self-infatuation and despair
3: wow so amy talk about how you see our society do we kind of seesaw between those two uh, opposite extremes
4: yeah i think we we do in large part and it's kind of interesting to think about that because it's, it's one of the weird aspects to our culture right now i think um that we have this society that is incredibly connected right like connected in ways that even even the three of us earlier in our lives never could have imagined (laughs) you know it's it's incredible how can how connected we are how easily we can network and connect with with people anywhere in the country or even even nearly anywhere in the world and and so we have this this life this maybe virtual life often That is very out there, very um, in touch with other people, always external to us, and yet at the same time we have this increasing, increasing ability to isolate ourselves, Mm -hmm. and and partly because of the ways we're connected, it, it enables an increased isolation as well. So, for example, you know, working remotely, there are I know lots of people who say, well, yeah, I work in this, I work for this company, and I go into this office sometimes but most of the time I'm just at home, you know, or or I have coworkers and they're all over the world and they're all over the country. And we're not necessarily in community with one another, even if we're coworkers or even if we belong to the same church or, you know, our kids go to the same school or whatever. We have, if if we want to, if we choose to, we have the ability to isolate ourselves and we don't even have to go to the, the store. We don't
2: even have to go out to buy food. Right. But don't don't you think, though, Amy, sorry, that that, 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 that's true, that, you know, uh, and I I don't necessarily think I I ascribe it to the age of the Internet. I think people generally have been this way in one form or another. I mean, even if you go back to what we would consider, you know, the gilded age of, you know, what, the late 1800s, you know, pre-radio, pre-television, pre-any electronic people you know were much more probably willing to be in community hungry for that but there were always people on the far fringes of society
4: yeah of course and and yet I think um, we've we've sort of made it we've sort of made it easier to go to one extreme or the other you know being being an isolationist for example is not really that extreme or that fringe it doesn't necessarily put you on the fringes of society it's it's normal, especially if you are engaging in in one context, maybe in a virtual context, but in real life or in physical space, you're always by yourself. Um, that's kind of a new thing, you know, it, it enabled by the technology we have. But, yeah, these impulses, the human impulses and the human experiences here are not new. I think we've just made it easier to choose one or the other. And so we have we have people, I think particularly young people, who, who some of them don't know how to be alone. You know, they're Mm -hmm. always connected, maybe always in community, even if it's a sort of a false kind of community where they're, you know, they're not really vulnerable or they're not really physically in the same physical space all the time. They're always connected to other people. And it it does, it it can um, inhibit our ability to to know how to be with ourselves, you know, or to hear hear our own voice or hear God speaking to us if we are always connected with other, other people. And then we have, we have this, at the same time, this incredible epidemic of loneliness in our society mm-hmm. that is, you know, dr- that drives people to try to seek community in, in ways that may be, again, may not even be real, you know, may be false.
3: Right. Right, or maybe, you know, we're just talking about a robot that a local person, a local student is developing here in the city who the robot allows you to hit it to punch it. Swear at to it. To swear at it. I mean, mm. everything that you ostensibly would do with a person that you lived with. I mean, I mean, I mean. <laughs> right. Wait, what goes on in me, you house of your yours? House. Wait, yeah. let me go back. Let me go back. But those are the things. Like, I, I guess I'm just talking about anger management. I'm not talking about hitting the people <laughs> you live with. Money, I'm home. Ah! <laughs> I don't think so. But so I feel like here we have a, a robot situation that's encouraging bad behavior, right? So you know, if yeah. you're angry, you you have to find a way to manage it until you have a robot that allows you to hit it and kick it and punch it, and all of a sudden, that's what you do.
4: Yeah, exactly. You know, I was I was actually just reading an article yesterday too about uh, along a similar idea about uh, people who have uh, robots and with whom they have sexual relationships or or just you know romantic relationships and there was an interview with one one man who said you know this i i am in this relationship with this (laughs) this false woman (laughs) this you know fake woman because there i can get all the benefits of being in a relationship with a person without any of the downsides (sighs) you know this person doesn't ever disagree with me doesn't ever, you know, and then you it's like, well, you're not in a relationship, (laughs) you know, because that's part of being in a relationship. And yet we have the luxury, if if you want to call it that, of choosing that for ourselves, you know, to have a world that is, that is basically sort of built around us and our own, you know, narcissistic desires. We can do that if we want to, but it's not good for us. Right.
2: And that's why aren't you thrilled? Aren't you just I'm so grateful that I belong to a church right. and there are deep relationships there. There's there's family there. I mean, you know, the uh, it, it, it changes everything to be an active member of a local church where you show up Wednesday and Sunday and you're connected and covered and you've got people who know you and love you and are willing to go that extra mile for you, just like you're willing to go the extra mile for your family and friends at that church.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is one of the great things that maybe increasingly the church can bring to our society. Because, you know, really the church is only is one of the only places left in our culture where a person can walk in off the street <laughs> and find a community, a functioning community that they can join right away in, right, a, in right. a physical space. It's actually very unusual and yeah. very rare. And, you know, if you talk to people, I know when I was going through my training to be a, a life and leadership coach, there were, it was a, you know, a secular program. There were people from all walks of life who were in this program with me. And, you know, most of them were not, they were not people of faith, but I remember there were, there were multiple people who made comments throughout that program, basically because, you know, we're sharing deeply with each other. We're making ourselves vulnerable with each other. We're challenging each other. And there were multiple people who made comments like, this is the only time I've ever done this, mm-hmm. you know, or. This is I don't want to I don't want to leave you guys behind because you're the only people I have these conversations with right. or, you know, and I thought, wow, that, you know, to have I sort of take it for granted that I have this in my life, this, that I belong to a community, whether it's my local church body or it's the larger body of Christ, where I have this connection with other people. And without that, you know, a lot of people really don't have that. They don't have that in their lives.
3: Okay, so for listeners who are thinking, all right, so either they're thinking I lean towards being a recluse or someone saying I am afraid to be by myself, um, what's your directive as a, as a life and leadership coach and someone who studied human behavior for a long time?
4: Yeah, I would say, you know, from maybe from two perspectives. One is um, from that perspective, we human beings were not made to, to live in isolation, but we were also were not made. To, um, you, to, to, you know, to without the, to to lack the ability to know ourselves, <laughs> you know we yeah. we need to be in relationship with ourselves, and in direct relationship with God, and we need to be in relationship with other people and in communal relationship with God, you know our our relationship with God needs community as well, so there we 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 need a healthy balance of those things in our lives, and and when we don't have them we we suffer. And and increasingly, science and psychology are showing us that people are suffering because they don't have one or more of those pieces. Um, but I would also say, just from you know the the perspective of, of a Christian, um, and and from you know somebody who who loves the church and loves Jesus, that being in community can be a spiritual discipline as well, um, and and being. In solitude can be a spiritual discipline. So, you know, we need these things not only for our personal development, but also for our faith development. Mm-hmm. And so, when we, I think, when we are tempted to to avoid isolation or to avoid solitude, we need we probably need to seek that out as a spiritual discipline, and and vice versa with community. That's really um, good. Yeah, yeah and, both you know, are challenging. And
2: just as a means of encouragement, as we uh, we end this conversation, that if you're a person listening right now and you're not part of a faith community, I would encourage you to show up. Show up. I mean, because it, just get in the pews yeah. and people will.
3: And it doesn't. And if you're an, an introvert and that's hard for you, it doesn't mean that you have to be around people all the time. But being around people some of the time is what's important,
2: especially in Christ. Yeah other people who are believers in Jesus. It's really powerful. It will alter your life if you make the effort. So I would encourage you to do that. Amy, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for that wisdom today. Thank you. Amy, Amy Simpson, uh, she is the author of many excellent works. Her latest is called Anxious, Choosing Faith in a World of Worry. Also, Troubled Minds, Mental Illness in the Church's Mission, and Blessed are the Unsatisfied, Finding Spiritual Freedom in an Imperfect World. Amy Simpson.
13: What's inside your mattress affects its price, comfort, and durability. But most mattress manufacturers won't show you what's inside their products because they simply don't want you to know. How can you know if you're getting the best value if you don't know how your mattress is made? At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that transparency is what's best for our customers. So we have open displays of each model in our showroom, so you can see and feel the difference in our products. Visit one of our local Original Mattress Factory stores to see exactly what we're made of.
10: Not so long ago, all mattresses had two sides, and for a good reason. You can flip two-sided mattresses regularly, making them last longer than one-sided mattresses. So, what happened to two sided mattresses? In an effort to cut costs, most mattress manufacturers cut their mattresses in half. For nearly three decades, the Original Mattress Factory has believed that building high quality two sided mattresses is the right thing to do. Visit us in one of our stores or at originalmattress.com to see how our products are built right and built to last. Got different
0: companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing, but not sure which is getting you customers and which is a waste of your dollars? Contact us at Salem Surround. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports, and instantly move your advertising to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite, Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com, surroundpittsburgh.com,
2: connecting you with new customers. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at Extremetruck.net. Sight Sighted Sound Theaters presents the biblical stage adventure. Return
11: to Lancaster.
14: Who exactly is he?
11: He's a miracle worker, a healer, a
14: prophet.
0: This Jesus is a rebel.
14: Everything Jesus does points to love.
11: Seen by nearly 1 million people in its debut year, the original stage production is returning for one last encore season. Jesus, live on stage at Sight & Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. More information is available at site soundcom
4: We depend on our drinking water supply daily, but where does that water come from? Your water provider encourages you to get to know your
3: local water source so together we can protect and preserve it. The investments we make as a community to protect our water source now ensure we have a sustainable drinking water supply for the future. Visit drinktap.org to learn more. This message is brought to you by the American Water Works Association and your
4: local water provider.
2: an article. Today, about uh, our casual dress. And it starts like this. Growing up, I always imagined uh, one day I'd work a corporate gig like my mother. I'd wear blazers, slacks, pumps, carry a shiny brown briefcase, watching my mom walk out the door each morning in her nicest clothes in pressed, clean, professional fabrics Mm. was crazy appealing to me. I liked envisioning an adult version of myself, one that ran around downtown L.A. in a boss lady suit, shouting corporate commands at my corporate colleagues. Only later did I realize that I wasn't about that briefcase life. I work in a digital world now with other style-conscious millennials. An average workday outfit for me is mom jeans, a crop top, and my Nike Air Force 1 sneaks. Basically, I dress according to my calendar. If I know that I have a dinner date or an event to attend after work, I'll put something on that's comfortable, cute enough to get me through 12 hours of business and play. That's not all there's not always time to go home and change. It is not the world that my mother grew up in. She does not recognize me mm-hmm. as I go off to work. That but that's is, really interesting. That
3: is so true. But I saw that change as it, it, like throughout my dad's career. Wait, I'm, your
2: your dad was a professional. Right,
3: my dad was a professional at H.J. Heinz. Right, and so he wore a suit and tie every day. Yeah. And then at the very end, like I said, the last five years of his career, there was Casual Friday.
2: <laughs> he's wearing Dockers. What? And he a wasn't polo wearing. Shirt.
3: No, no, he was wearing the same dress pants. He just wasn't wearing a tie. Oh, that was casual. That was casual for him. But I saw it happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I've seen it happen here in the amount of time we've been here. Like we're way more casual than we were five years ago, don't you think?
2: Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I, I look at Certainly my wardrobe. that we
3: were 10 years ago.
2: Sure. I mean, my wardrobe, I used to wear, you know, dress shirts and ties mm-hmm. and a blazer. Now I'm wearing a, a jean shirt and right. uh, a pair of uh, tennis shoes. And... got to
3: be honest. Isn't...
2: It's John Hall's fashion rules. It's you miss lot, the old days. It's a lot easier. <laughs> it's a lot easier. It's just easier. But you look good. You really do. Yeah,
3: well, thanks, John.
2: What about me?
13: Sharing the word that changes the world.
4: 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a
13: service of Salem Media Group.
4: With
9: SRN News, I'm Keith Peterson, Washington. The Florida deputy who failed to confront a gunman during last year's Parkland massacre has been arrested.
0: Scott Peterson faces 11 charges, including child neglect, culpable negligence, and perjury stemming from the February 14, 2018 shooting. He was dismissed today ahead of his arrest. On duty at the time of the shooting, as a Broward County deputy, Peterson was at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School but never went inside. In a rebuttal to a commission's report last month, Peterson claimed he had acted as he had been trained. Also today, Sergeant Brian Miller was terminated. A video shows he stayed outside in a parking lot even as other law enforcement officers entered the building. George Vanzani reporting.
9: A possible rate cut sent Wall Street skyrocketing today. The Dow up by 512 points. The NASDAQ rose 194. The S&P advanced 59. Oil up to 53.48 a barrel. This is SRN News.
7: The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Driven by Colusi Chevrolet. Serving
10: the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. Thinking about life insurance?
8: If SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote,
14: call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323.
0: Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Or price could vary
10: depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states.
1: If you'd like a smartphone that's really smart, download the OnePlace.com app, the app that will inspire your faith daily and provide answers to the biggest questions of all. OnePlace lets you download your favorite pastor's programs and listen, even offline or in airplane mode, with easy connections to your Bluetooth speaker or dashboard. To download your free OnePlace app, visit the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store for your Android device and search for OnePlace. That's OnePlace. Hi, I'm John Henny
8: from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life.
13: For kids, Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just their size, treats to tickle their taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch their hearts. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Right now, buy a season pass just $69.99
3: online at Idlewild.com. At Principal, we get it. You have big plans for your money, but sometimes life has something else in mind. There are twists and turns you never see coming. Twists like promotions and job transfers. And turns like new family members and rising college tuitions. Life doesn't always go according to plan. We can help you plan for that. Principal. Investments. Retirement. Insurance.
0: Sponsored by member companies of Principal Des Moines, Iowa. Principal National Life and Principal Life Insurance Company. Principal Global Investor. Securities offered by Principal Securities, Inc. Member SIPC.
12: Tonight we'll have patchy clouds and a low near 16. For tomorrow, it'll be variably cloudy and more humid with a couple showers and thunderstorms around, especially in the afternoon and evening. 76 for the high. Body with a shower late tomorrow night. The low will be 63. Thursday starts out with clouds and a shower. Then you'll see partial afternoon sun and the high will be 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait.
1: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
2: I grew up with the nuns. I was a schoolboy in the 60s and 70s, and I grew up being taught generally uh, in elementary school by Catholic nuns. Now you know, of course, everybody knows all the jokes and all the tropes and all that about uh, the brutality of the Catholic nuns. And to be honest, from my perspective, I saw very little of it. Now I'm, I'm the sixth of seven of of kids in my family. My sisters may speak otherwise about this, but overall, generally, I certainly respected the nuns that taught me. There were times when I definitely feared the nuns, but overall. I believe I got a really excellent education from the nuns, and I loved and revered many of those women who sacrificed their lives to teach little pinheads like me. Now, the truth of the matter is that Catholic nuns have shrunk. Um, Back in the 1960s, There were 180,000 nuns in this country, N-U-N-S, nuns, Catholic nuns in this country. Now, the number is below 40,000.
3: Wow. Now, where did it start as far as the number?
2: 180,000.
3: And it's down to 40,000.
2: Which surprises me. The average age of a Catholic nun in this country is 80. What? 80 years of age. There are very, very few young women going into the sisterhood.
3: That's amazing.
2: So there's a new project now called the Nuns, N-U-N-S, and the Nuns, N-O-N-E-S. Progressive millennials, none of whom were practicing Catholics, have moved in to convents around the country.
3: For what purpose?
2: The hope is this partnership that a younger millennial woman partnering with an older Catholic nun, the two of them come together and help each other out. Help the community out. Find out what it is to live in community with each other, to have a spiritual discipline within that community, and for the older nuns, of course, to be around youth and vitality. Mm -hmm. So the story I'm reading to you is from the New York Times a little earlier this week. The millennials arrive by Subaru. The sisters have prepared small rooms for the women and men alike in the wings where they originally housed novices but are now used for retreats. The sisters were not sure exactly what the young people wanted to know about them, and the first meeting came as a shock. Quote, I was stunned, and I said to the other sisters, you will never guess what the millennials want to talk about. Everybody laughed. It was kind of like a joke, you know, but the millennials were nothing if earnest. They said that more than anything, they wanted to talk about the vows, the vows of poverty, obedience, and chastity. So that's where they started the conversation. Over a period of months, and this experiment is still ongoing, there have been many women who have decided to live in some form of community with each other to make those vows a reality.
3: Tell them young women. Yes. What about the young men who are there? Is there any commentary about the young it men? It
2: really focuses on the young women, uh, and I'm not quite sure why, only because I guess it's because of the story about the Catholic nuns. So many of the this is again from the article from the Times, so many of the millennials would say, I'm looking for rituals, I'm mm-hmm. looking for rituals to work in my lesbian community, or social justice, or I need rituals for this other thing, said a sister, Sister Carl. One young woman wanted rituals so much that she started to go to mass every morning. The millennials worked their normal jobs during the day, but in the evenings and on weekends, the group had a slew of activities. They joined the convent for feast for Easter vigil. They had their feet washed on Holy Thursday. They studied the prophets, read the Psalms. They invited the sisters for Shabbat dinner. One night, a group of millennials and sisters were dancing and laughing. They got so loud that a security officer came and knocked on the door and told them they had to settle down. The party should continue in the basement. So this is a good thing to think about people. Again, we talked about this a little earlier, searching for community. Yeah. And how the community of Christian believers has been doing this for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And people know this and are so hungry for this.
3: Right. But it seems like a relic of an ancient civilization, that there are men who would choose to live in a monastery. There are women that would choose to live in a convent. It seems like the ancient world And so to think of millennials who are choosing to investigate that, I I think it's really healthy.
2: I do too. Because it runs anathema to the narcissistic social media generation we live into.
3: And the tyranny of the immediate.
2: Right. Chastity, poverty, obedience, the nuns, embracing
5: that.
3: Isn't there something sad about listening to contemporary culture wherein the overall belief appears to be that we are the wisest and the smartest generation that has ever been.
2: Don't you think that's true for every generation? I hope not. I, I believe it is. Well,
3: I hope not because I, it, if that's the inclination, that's one thing. But if that's where you land, then that's a bigger problem.
2: I believe that's just the folly of youth.
3: Okay, well, that sure that could be, but I don't. Th- I don't see it just with young people. I see it with. I mean, look at Twitter. It seems like people think that there is – they have – we have reached the apex of morality and of understanding in this generation and that we have the ability to be able to exercise our – Standing divine wisdom, our, and our right, our, right. Our, but it's not divine wisdom. That's no. the trick. It's our accumulated scientific understanding, so that we can assess all previous generations and decide, you know, who's good and who's bad.
2: Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of that. I, I talked about this a little bit yesterday. I'm reading this book called Dignity. We're going to have the author on next week, and the guy uh, uh, is an ath- he's got a PhD. He's an astrophysicist. And then he took that degree and made a bajillion dollars on Wall Street as a bond trader. But he got bored of that life, and he started taking these walks around his bad neighborhoods. He puts those bad in quotes. And what he discovered is that people living in uh, and working in McDonald's are akin to people living and working in a Christian community, that those were the only two places that many of the people living in the back row of American society felt welcome and accepted in mcdonald's and mm-hmm. in local churches mm-hmm. there's community there yeah. but he said that as a, as a young scientist and as a young hipster living in brooklyn that he believed that science could and would solve every possible problem until he started to see people living in the back row those who were the addicts those who were the alcoholics the people who are sex workers people who are They had nothing in signs that they could hold on to. What they had was their faith. Even though they recognized themselves as deep and hard sinners, they would go to church because they were accepted there. There's power. I believe that with that age comes wisdom. The more beaten down you are, the more likely you are to be humbled sooner or later, and you'll find community and, of course, the peace and grace of Christ.
3: I feel like recognizing that there is ancient wisdom is Essential for maturity. Well, essential for maturity, and I don't just mean as Christians. If you're a Christian, you have to. I would certainly hope that you have you have accepted the fact that there's ancient wisdom, because our Bible is ancient. Okay? Well, you better it's right, a, right. So I, the I, 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 of it all. I would hope so. But if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, I really believe that the hallmark of a mature person, even if it's not a person of faith, is recognizing that there is wisdom from the past, that we are not at the apex of human civilization.
2: Heaven help us if we are. If exactly. this is the best we are, Exactly, we're screwed.
3: Exactly. There has to be a part of us that thinks, wait a minute, there are deep truths that people have recognized on this earth thousands of years ago, right. and we have to find them. We are not – this this progressive tilt towards better and better and newer and newer and a dissatisfaction with the old and we're going to push on and we're going to create and we're going to blah, blah, blah. I mean, look, I'm all about creating. I think we're, we're creative people. But recognizing that our creativity is based in in absolutes, that there are things in the universe that, are, that have been established that the ancients knew. If we don't realize we're building upon the wisdom of the ancients, then – I don't think we have hope for the future. So all the and different I mean labels. that in any system, any political system, any country.
2: But all these different labels that you know people uh, embrace today. The, the label that I, I appreciate for people who are not believers is the people who are seekers. If you are a seeker, you are on some form of path, hopefully that's filled with wisdom. That as you seek, hopefully one day you will find. So heaven help us, people who are closed minded shut off. And of course, we as believers, we are our own worst advertisement for anyone wanting to be part of the faith because because we continually shoot ourselves in the foot, say ridiculous things, do ridiculous things, tweet ridiculous things. Whatever. We're just not. So all of us together, we need to humble ourselves and seek and be those wise people, at least lean in towards that, that daily practice.
3: Well, good for the N-O-N-E-S. Yes. For hanging out with the N-U-N-S, because I think that is absolutely glorious. But you
2: know, look how difficult it would be if you grew up in a household that was not friendly, at least to a conversation about faith. What if you grew up in an angry, atheistic household mm-hmm. or just people who could care less that Sunday if, or, was a different, or every or day about like anybody else? Or you grew up in
3: a household where you were abused by someone in the church?
2: Yeah. How difficult would that be then to lean in towards Christ and wisdom and truth?
3: Very, very hard. Right. But. If there's still truth, then it's worth finding.
2: We'll take a break. we got lots more ahead. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to talk about combat, when combat trauma tests the marriage. Stay tuned for that conversation next. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM, WPIT Radio.
3: Are you getting close to retirement? Have you experienced a nice bump in your portfolio? Well, we know that the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Now, Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The teams at Marley Financial use a multitude of different techniques to make sure you have a retirement that's tax-friendly, is stable and is worry-free. Oh, and speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle them too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. So call today, a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Give them a call, 724-884-1496, or visit them online at Marley FG. 101.5
4: W.O.R.D. When we learn to think
11: biblically, our whole perspective turns upside down. The last become first. Those who mourn are blessed. And our weakness becomes strength. Learn how to see weakness through the lens of Scripture this week
8: on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life with Alistair Begg, tomorrow morning at 6 on 101.5 WORD.
6: Your retirement accounts are at risk. That's right. Your entire retirement savings have never been more exposed. If you have retirement investments, there is an IRS loophole that can't save your nest egg. Don't let government bail-ins and fiscal irresponsibility wipe out your savings. Text loophole to 49776 to get Advantage Gold's explosive report that bankers and Wall Street do not want you to see. Your wealth is threatened by political infighting, massive debt, stock market volatility, and experts predict that the U.S. dollar could lose its status as the global reserve currency. Learn all about the IRS loophole that can protect you from massive losses. This IRS loophole could be your last chance to secure your assets text loophole to 49776 right now don't risk losing your entire retirement text loophole to 49776 don't delay text loophole to 49776 now most clubs you join
11: require an initiation fee or a club membership but not the word fm discount shopping club no in our club you save as much as half half off home improvement services web design family Entertainment, music festivals, and much more—all from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com/shopping, and God save the green.
3: Seventy-fifth anniversary of D-Day is coming up. Thursday. Right. Um, today, in just a couple of minutes, we're going to be talking about the 30th anniversary of Tiananmen Square. Um, so there's a lot of observations going on. And, you know, as we think about anything related, and we, of course, we just had Memorial Day as well. But, you know, you, you think back on those who've served in the military uh, for our country and You've heard all of the laudatory comments, the beautiful things that were on social media on Memorial Day, and you think, you know, it's impossible to imagine if you haven't been there what that type of service would be like. Our good friend David French from National Review, on Memorial Day, he posted a list of the men he served with in Iraq who had passed away. Right. And I thought to myself, I read, e- I read each one of those names that he posted, and I thought, you know, those... Uh, obviously aren't just names they're people with lives and families but they're also friends of david's you know and david's a friend of ours and i think you know every person who's lost or injured or who has any type of battle experience um Brings all of that to bear in their life if they are able to return to it. So when someone comes home from serving overseas and they come back to wife and family, we see these wonderful videos, you know, of the the mom who comes back, you know, and surprises her kid at L- in an in ML- I love those so much. Or, or you know, you're in a football stadium and you know the kid is you know some offensive lineman's dad comes running in. I mean, it's just those awesome. But we never hear what happens after that.
2: After the father or the mother is home for 30 right. days, 60 after, days, 90 after the, days. After the
3: beautiful video where they're reunited or, you know, the, the, uh, remember the one where the woman comes back from being overseas and her dog sees her <laughs> right. I mean, it makes you cry. It's, yeah, just so, yeah. be, it's so beautiful. The joy incredible. Right, right. But what about when life hits and the reunification has happened right. and we're so thrilled to have dad back? Or we're so thrilled to have mom back and we can't – we've been longing to be a family for all this time and this is just so awesome and it's everything we wanted for and it's everything we prayed for and all those sorts of – and then dad is different. Because how could dad not be different?
2: Of course. The things you've experienced, the things that you've done. um, We're looking at an article in Christianity Today and uh, Bridget Kessler has written this piece. When combat trauma tests a marriage and – I can't imagine what that's like uh, to have someone, you know, come home that you you thought you knew and they changed. And so Bridget Kessler has written this piece in Christianity Today, and she joins us right now. Bridget, thanks for joining the show. How are you today?
15: Good. Thanks for having me.
3: So you're the wife of a soldier, Bridget, who served for three years in Iraq. Um, Talk about what it was like first off while your husband was gone.
15: Um, Well, it was obviously very difficult. Um, He served for about 11 years as active duty, and he was military police. So he would do deployments that were a year long. And basically he would deploy for a year, come home for a year, and then deploy for a year. So um, it was difficult, almost back-to-back deployments, and in the meantime, We were having children, um, babies that I was raising alone um, without him, and so um, it definitely took a toll. Right.
2: But you say in your article that, you know, your husband, who served for three years, you thought that he would be so strong that in many ways you couldn't imagine that he would be immune, right, immune to the toll that war would take. But, of course, for many men and women, that's not the case. No one's immune to the horror that they've experienced.
15: Oh, absolutely, and I think that's one of the problems when we talk about PTSD. We um, forget that sometimes these uh, the people that suffer, they are excellent soldiers, and I think that's why I sort of imagined my husband would be immune because he was a good soldier. He was successful in his military career, and um, being a soldier came easily for him. Adjusting to life in Iraq was easier than adjusting to life at home. Mm.
3: So um, talk about your husband's uh, experience when he came back. Was he, you know, talkative? How much did you find out about what his experiences were and what he had seen?
15: Um, He really didn't talk much at all about um, things in Iraq. Um, He would tell me bits and pieces over the years, um, but for the most part, he was pretty protective of me and didn't want to talk about those things for his sake and especially for my sake. And so he just sort of tried to separate that and compartmentalize it in a way um, that was his job. And um, that was separate from home life. And um, that is something that makes for a great soldier because they can mm-hmm. focus on the job and they can set their emotions aside But unfortunately, it also can, you know, take a toll when you're talking about trauma that needs to be processed and grief that needs to be processed. Right.
2: So then, Bridget, you started to see changes in your husband. And what was that like? And can you talk about that journey where you connected with other people who were also, you know, their husbands returning from war and were experiencing similar things, that community?
15: Yes, um, so I think the thing that caught me off guard was that um, things seemed fine when he came home. And we really didn't put the pieces together um for a few years um until after he had been home a few years and um that's when he really started um we started noticing changes and he he didn't talk at first about um the memories that he had, so I didn't realize that he was having these sort of intrusive memories um but yeah, I started to notice more of the negative perception of things and life and um He was someone who, my husband is very funny. He suddenly wasn't laughing as much, and, you know, you just didn't see that personality shine the same way. And so um, it took a while for us to realize what it was. Um, And so when we did, we had luckily some very close people at church um, who were had not been in the military and actually had no idea what war was like, but yet they were willing to walk through it with us and say, I may not understand, but we're here and we love you and we're going to get through this together. Um, And so that was an enormous help and support.
2: Mm -hmm. that's interesting so someone who never had experienced combat stress and trauma they recognized that and they were helpful in that journey
15: absolutely and and so i believe the church can definitely i think sometimes we shy away because we think that's sort of a military thing and the military community will deal with it Mm -hmm. but we have to remember that people who are suffering with these things may not realize that it's PTSD um, or they may be afraid to talk about it, especially in a military community where you fear that maybe you'll be seen, and perceived in a certain way or it might hurt your military career or whatever the fear mm-hmm. may be. Um, and so church is that safe place. So I feel strongly that we shouldn't shy away from that just because we may not understand it
3: talk about the role of um, the spouse and I don't mean the role in causing healing to happen I just mean the the perspective that you have I, I mean you are I'm sure you're longing for your spouse to return for so long and you know John and I talked about those beautiful videos you see of you know families being reunited and parents seeing their kids and kids seeing their dads and their moms and dogs seeing their own I mean it's just so beautiful <laughs> but never after that beautiful video do we ever hear anything the yeah and so I wonder from your perspective what it's like and were you able to talk to anybody yourself about
15: you um yes so it is we did have that wonderful happy homecoming and all those things you see in the videos and um like i said it took years for um some of this to really surface and so um, when it does at first you don't really understand what's happening so it's a very lonely feeling it's very isolating um we know that um military spouses when they're um if their spouse is dealing with ptsd that they tend to suffer from depression and these other things these feelings of isolation and um, it was very difficult you know god says that we're one flesh and anytime anything tears at that oneness it hurts um and there's just no escaping that so I think part of it for us was when we realized what was happening, then that was the turning point. We were able to say, okay, we're going to face this together as a team. And so that oneness was kind of restored, um, which is completely different than – you know, when you're not sure what's happening and you just know things are really bad.
2: That's good. Bridget Kessler is with us. She wrote a piece that's on Christianity Today's website, Combat when combat trauma tests the marriage, PTSD impacts not just veterans, but their spouses and children too. Bridget's a freelance writer, a wife, a mother. You can read more at the KesslerDiaries.com. So Bridget, you talk about that the Bible is not silent, thank goodness, on PTSD. Talk about King David.
15: Oh yes. Well um we see um King David and we know he was a military man and we see this um all of these emotions and we know that he experiences everything from joy to despair. Um but I think that for most of us we don't put that in context um, about thinking about, you know, being someone in the military Um, but this is not a new problem you know we talk about PTSD today but this is something that it always existed Um, and we do see that in the Bible and I think that gives us a lot of hope that God is not surprised by this Um, he's not shocked and he's certainly not helpless I
2: see. so Bridget just as a you don't have to reveal anything but your husband's been home from war for how many years
15: Um, He has been home for good since 2009, um, and he left active duty, um, and um, now he still works with the military um, just as a civilian. I see. So
2: So then what you went through, this long, long journey, 10 years in in the making, uh, how are things? I mean, it's an awful big sort of mountain to climb through when you think about uh, your husband and your family and your children
15: um it is it is a, a huge thing and things are um wonderful now um and that's i think why um we you know are so open about it because we want to, people to know that there is hope and there is life on the other side of this you know PTSD is different from any other we talk about a disorder but so many want to change that to an, an injury post traumatic stress injury because it is something you can heal from and it is you know it happens because of an event that someone experiences but like a physical injury you can heal Um, and that has been our experience Um, my husband is doing very well Um, One of the things that I admire most about him is that he's very quick to um, just have open hands and say, Lord, anything that you want to use in my life, you know, if it will help someone else and it will bring you glory, then you can use anything. Um, And so that I think has been for both of us our hope is that if somebody else is hurting, you know, we want them to know that there's life on the other side of it, that God can heal. And there may always be memories and there may always be a scar, but a scar is much, much different than an open wound. That's good.
2: Well, Bridget, thanks an awful yeah. lot. It's really good to hear it good is. news. So, thanks for being with us to share your story.
15: Okay, thank you so much for having me.
2: Our great pleasure.
15: That's Bridget
3: Kessler, freelance writer, wife, and mom of six. You can read more of her writing at the Kessler
14: Have you been denied credit? Are you paying high interest rates because of a low credit score? Join the thousands of people who've relied on creditrepair.com to help rebuild their credit score.
7: I went to get my first car had to get a used car high interest and so i knew that things were things were done from there
14: for over 15 years we've helped thousands with their search for solutions to credit issues we communicate with you your creditors and the credit bureaus with a unique approach designed to remove items like late payments collections charge-offs liens bankruptcy and foreclosures that are unfair or inaccurate
7: i've gone up 40 points already
14: There are many services offering to tell you your credit score and even monitor it for you. But what good is just knowing your credit score when what you really need is to fix it? Credit repair members see a significant improvement in their credit scores month after month. Call now to get your no-obligation credit consultation, including your free credit score and free summary credit report. Don't delay. Call 800-859-0720. That's 800-859-0720. 800-859-0720. Here
7: is your new Pella Lifestyle window when opened. Here it is. closed. The new Pella Lifestyle Series is the number one performing wood window and patio door for sound control, energy efficiency, and value. Keep the outside noise outside. More peace and better rest for your family. Exceptional noise control for a quieter home. For a limited time, get $150 off windows and $500 off doors or 48 months no interest. Call 888-77-PELLA. Pellapittsburgh.com.
2: At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, at ExtremeTruck.net truck.net. site South Theatres presents The Biblical Stage
11: Adventure Return to
14: Lancaster Who exactly is he?
0: He's a miracle worker
11: A healer A prophet
0: This Jesus is a rebel
14: Everything Jesus does Points to love
11: Seen by nearly 1 million people in its debut year, the original stage production is returning for one last encore season. Jesus, live on stage at Sight & Sound Theaters in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. More information is available at site soundcom
0: Share, like, comment, tweet. Are these foreign terms to your business? They may not be to your competition and the reason you're losing sales. We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. We offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com, connecting you with new customers.
12: Tonight we'll have patchy clouds in a low near 16. For tomorrow, it'll be variably cloudy and more humid with a couple showers and thunderstorms around, especially in the afternoon and evening. 76 for the high. Cloudy with a shower late tomorrow night. The low will be 63. Thursday starts out with clouds and a shower. Then you'll see partial afternoon sun and the high will be 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strait.
3: Well, this was for sure going to happen. In the hashtag MeToo movement, we've had a, a lot of accusations of women against powerful men, and the powerful men have, you know, been brought down. They've yeah. lost their jobs, they've been shamed, they've been publicly humiliated, and all of that is appropriate if the dude is guilty, right? What happens though if the dude isn't guilty?
2: Which also happens.
3: This is human nature, right? right? It seems as if in the hashtag Me Too movement, we haven't really come to grips with what are we going to do when some woman is making it up? So this is story Because it's going to happen, sure. right? It's right. going to happen. Yeah. People are people. Right. Well, this article about uh, actor Jeffrey Rush is exactly uh, that scenario. Actor Jeffrey Rush has been awarded the largest ever defamation payout to a single person in Australia.
5: Whoa. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Last month, he was awarded two point nine million dollars after winning the case against Nationwide News, which publishes Australia's Daily Telegraph. Hmm. The Sydney newspaper had published stories accusing him of behaving inappropriately toward a former co-star by the name of Aaron Jean Norville. But the judge in the case found that Ms Norville was, quote, prone." To exaggeration, but that's not all the judge said. Now, Mr. Rush had sought an injunction to prevent the Telegraph from publishing the accusations in the first place. And then he would sought another injunction to prevent the Telegraph from republishing even more accusations based on the original accusations. Okay. Anyway, the long and the short of it is the judge has finally ruled. And the judge called the reporting in the Nationwide News, quote, a recklessly irresponsible piece of sensationalist journalism of the very worst kind. <laughs>
8: Hallelujah!
3: That's from the Sydney Morning Herald. Really? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Rush's barrister, his defense attorney, said that the Telegraph had shown, quote, a complete lack of impartiality and a lack of common sense.
2: Holy smokes! So let's pile on while the getting is good, right?
3: So now the woman did not was not sued, but it was the newspaper. Interesting. For for printing it and then not printing his side of it.
2: So why not go after the source? I don't
3: know. Maybe that's coming up next. There's there's nothing in here which details what might happen.
2: Jeffrey Rush, free at last.
4: 101.5 WORD.
0: Don't miss Insight for Living when Chuck Swindoll presents a biblical case for joy.
2: Joy is not dependent upon circumstances or people, money or possessions good looks or a great job. Joy depends on nothing external. It
0: comes from deep within. In his popular series called Laugh Again, Chuck Swindoll's subject is cultivating joy. Listen weekdays to Insight for Living.
8: Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Since we
11: started energy swing more than 20 years ago, We've always looked at this as a relationship business.
9: Most other companies look at it as a transaction. You go out and sell windows and move on
11: to the next person.
8: When buying windows and doors, Energy Swing believes in giving you the red carpet
11: treatment. Everybody in the company, all the way through, interacts with customers as they are building a
9: relationship, like you would with a friend or family member, not a transaction. And over time, that relationship has developed into what we call red carpet experience, which starts when you call us to make an appointment all the way through until the truck pulls out of your driveway and beyond. We will come out and take care of them. So that whole relationship experience we have, we've labeled the red carpet experience because that's the way we try to treat our customers. We treat our customers as
0: friends and family, not as a dollar sign. And because of the way we do business, we think we are totally different than everybody else in the market.
8: Mention for an additional 5% off over and above any other discounts at energyswingwindows.com. This is Chris Abernethy
0: of Abernethy & Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy & Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself, Abernethy and Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law.
11: Ah, the bull elk's bugle, one of nature's most wondrous sounds. That is not a bull elk, that's Kim. Her RV sewage tank is spewing all over her camper. Way, way out in the middle of elk country. Yep, there's an elk. And that's Kim. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the WordFM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. Half of home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. All from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com shopping and go save the green
3: David Aikman is an award winning print and broadcast journalist, an author, and a foreign policy consultant. His wide ranging professional achievements include a 23 year career at Time magazine with reporting spanning the globe of nearly all the major historical events of the time. He's the author of many books, including A Man of Faith, The Spiritual Journey of George W. Bush, and Jesus in Beijing How Christianity is Transforming China and Changing the World Balance of Power.
2: We bring David into the airwaves today because today, is the 30th anniversary of the Tiananmen Square Massacre. Now, the fact of the matter is, many people around the world have either never heard of this, they have been banned from knowing about it, or it is something that is quickly gone, forgotten in the news cycle. But it is a major event in the life of China. And David Aikman is here to tell us about us, because David spent many years living in China. David, welcome to the show.
16: Thank you very much, Donald. It's good to talk again.
2: Thank you, David. David, talk to us about Tiananmen Square. Why is it important that we should not forget?
16: Because the Tiananmen Square democracy movement by the students in 1989 was the first major protest against Chinese communist rule that the country had experienced since the foreign communists first came to power in 1949. And it very nearly succeeded. Uh, The students, I think, very naively didn't realize how vicious the communist regime could be, had been, and completely underestimated their willingness to crush all and every kind of dissent. And it was an absolute tragedy to watch it unfolding.
3: So on that day uh, and and the hours surrounding, um, David, where were you? And were you able to follow along with what was happening? Did you have friends on the ground?
16: Well, I was in Beijing. I was in Beijing, the capital of China, on the morning of the 3rd. And the students had been in and around the square basically for two months since the whole movement got started in April. Uh, 1989. And there were a lot of students who were clashing with soldiers who had sort of infiltrated into Beijing. And by that time, most of the population of the city had really come out on the side of the students. They realized that the students were peaceful, they didn't want to overthrow the government, they simply wanted to protest against certain wrongdoing. And they fully supported the students. But when push came to shout, the Communist Party absolutely turned the screws on. They started entering the city at about 10 o'clock at night from the west. They would captured Tiananmen Square by about 2 o'clock in the morning. And I was out in and around there as close as I could get to it from about two o'clock onwards and the degree of shooting and the noise in several different parts of the city was quite extraordinary all kinds of firefights were going on Mm -hmm. um some of machine fire you could hear directly next to the the forbidden city and uh, chinese who saw me as a reporter there said thank you for telling the world the truth of what the Chinese government is doing to the Chinese people.
2: Yes. Now, what happened 30 years ago, uh, in many ways, was the, the linchpin of where we are in China right now, David, because the regime that's in place, uh, they easily can censure the Internet. There is a general uh, a, a washing away of any mass communication, zero talk of democracy. This is truly a brutal dictatorship. And clearly the roots were in those days 30 years ago in Tiananmen Square. Uh, you can recognize that, and, and I'm sure that you know, you've spent time talking with people who were there that day just like yourself.
16: And yes, and the fact is I have to admit, I had no idea that the regime would become as strongly entrenched as it has become today. Unfortunately, largely through assistance of the United States
11: really?
0: in
16: helping China become strong and powerful, the U.S. Uh, embarked on the close relationship with China, uh, the so-called policy the engagement, because they thought, once China is wealthy and strong, they're like us. Well, guess what? The Chinese didn't want it to become just like the U.S. They wanted to become like a ruthless mafia state, and that is what they become It's a very dangerous situation.
3: We're talking to award-winning broadcast journalist David Aikman. David, um, so since 1989, uh, that day in Tiananmen Square, China introduced all sorts of economic changes that have transformed that country into a world economic power. And so when I think back, I'm wondering if you look at this in the same way that I guess I do, which is that it was an exchange of political freedom for economic freedom?
16: So the supposition on the American side, the administration side, was that if we boosted their economy; they would develop sort of inclinations just as we did, and they would simply roll over and become a democratic, um, free, uh, free-operating state. But that was a complete misconception, and there have been several people around who said. We help the Chinese to become strong and economically powerful, and that's the good for the Chinese people, but it's certainly not good for the way the relationship has changed in relation to how the Communist Party is on the verge of overcoming American hegemony in the world.
2: So, David, is the goal of China world dominance, whether through economics or political might or military might?
16: Yes. What you have to understand about the Chinese Communist Party is that they have a sense of resentment. And it's an understandable resentment against all of the oppression of Western countries, particularly uh, Great Britain, France, Germany, and the United States from about the 1830s until 1949, when the Communists took power. In fact, there's a very important book that you and the readers, uh, the listeners of this show, ought to have a look at, China's 100-year marathon, the secret strategy to replace the United States as the world hegemon by 2049, which is, of course, a hundred years since they came to power. And boy, they're well on track to do that unless we take vigorous action against it.
3: David, our time is almost up, but I want to make sure that we talk about the role of people who believed in Jesus and the the role of Christianity in the protest at Tiananmen Square. Talk about that day, talk about your friends who were believers who were involved, and uh, how you look back on that 40 years later.
16: Well, it's a very interesting question. One of the things that Chinese Christians in the underground church group is that the failure of the democracy movement in 1989 changed many Chinese into followers of Jesus. They realized that they could not change the country through political protest and there had to be another way. And so the church or the body of Christ in China has really benefited from the disillusionment with politics as a solution to the nation's problems. But the persecution of the Christians is at a very serious stage, right, and we really have to resist that.
2: Well, David, we thank you. We know that uh, you've taken time out of your day to join us here today to mark this day, this 30-year anniversary of Tiananmen Square and the giant, which is China. Um, We believe in the sanctity and the power of Christ in this world, so... If the principalities of the Chinese government want to bring it on, bring it on.
16: <laughs> okay, well, thank you, John. I, I really appreciate being invited on your program to talk about this. I think all American Christians ought to think very carefully about it.
2: It's always a pleasure. David Aikman.
12: following statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Amberin trials tested mild to moderate symptoms. Testimonial is based on 90 days of use. Results may vary. IRI, U.S. new low, 52 weeks by UPC.
9: Hi, I'm Mary Lou Retton,
13: and I want to talk to you about something I haven't liked to talk about until now, my menopause. All my life, I've had energy, energy to win gold in 84. But when menopause hit me with the hot flashes and night sweats, I began to feel sluggish every day. That all changed when I discovered Ambrin. Amberin safely relieves 12 menopause symptoms by helping to To restore your hormonal balance, Amberin is 100% drug-free, estrogen-free, and clinically tested. Amberin is America's number one menopause relief supplement. Thanks to Amberin, my fear of hot flashes is gone. My seats aren't soaked every night, and my energy is back. Give Amber a try and see what it can do for you. It works. It really works. Hurry to your Walmart, Walgreens, Target, and other fine retailers nationwide and get
2: Amber in today. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at MyPillow said, Hey, John, can you try out a MyPillow and let us know what you think? i was skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow. But what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost. Interrupted sleep. No more folding the pillow in half. No more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know, you need my pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own, my pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60 day money back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a 10 year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10 year warranty? You can toss a My Pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of MyPillow's Premiums for $69.98. That's only $34.99 per pillow, the lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at MyPillow.com or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines.
1: To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at Unbound.org.
3: Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop
5: that one-on-one relationship with them.
8: Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at (laughs) StockFamilyDentistry.com.
3: So today, Apple rolled out a big change in their platform. iTunes, it's a thing of the past.
2: Thank goodness. They are phasing that is the worst. it out. I, I, when it, iTunes first happened, I thought, oh, this is going to be really a great experience. Mm-hmm. It is the most unintuitive platform you'd want to engage with. I
3: agree with you. Who, who, I agree with you. And, and I feel like every time they'd change it, I'd hate it more.
2: I, I agree. Well, it's kind of like Facebook. Yeah. Someone's getting paid to I overthink mean, things.
3: I have... I have Accepted it and learned to live with it um, as you would with any other dysfunction in your life.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But you're paying for this dysfunction. That's the problem.
3: Well, here's the thing. iTunes comes for free, but you're paying for the music you're buying from iTunes. You want to use your music. iTunes is functioning as your library. And that was my problem. It's easy to buy stuff on iTunes. It's really easy. But as far as your library goes, it's just – They've you're right. They have overthought it to the point where it's just stupid. But here's the thing. When I heard they were phasing out iTunes, I thought to myself, okay, well, you better come up with something because I looked this morning. I have 26,000 songs.
2: On iTunes. On iTunes.
3: 26,000? Can you, you believe you that? Bought 26, No, I have not bought twenty six thousand songs, but every C D that my husband and I have ever owned oh, you've imported. we have imported into iTunes. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a lot plus, of work. My Good husband plus my husband's a musician and so when he records his own stuff, I see that, those all go in as cuts too. So but our so our entire music library is that big. It's so, gigantic.
2: Now what happens? That's
3: the question. So I looked up today, and it seems as if from what I read online, no one quite knows how it's going to work from the user perspective. This is what I...
2: Tim Cook knows.
3: Right, but he he isn't... I don't feel like they have dealt with what's going to happen with all of your music. This is what – okay. This is what I found out. They're phasing out iTunes in favor of three more modern apps. They're going to have a music app, a TV app, and a podcast app. So if you've got an iPhone or you've got an iPad, that's what's already present. You already have that. So if you're buying a song – on your phone, you're buying it on iTunes, but then it shows up in your music app, okay? So what's going to disappear, I guess, ultimately, is the iTunes part of buying the song, okay? But it says in the article, the CNN article, that iTunes will still exist as a standalone app on iOS and Windows PC. So that means on your phone or your iPad, any iOS device, it's still going to exist. So if it's still going to exist, what what does it mean that they're phasing it out? (laughs) I mean I, I feel like I'm staying with them but I'm I'm still confused. Right. Anyway, they said that the idea is that they're pushing customers to subscribe to Apple Music, which is a subscription service like Spotify or Pandora or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I don't like that only because I have so many CDs. My husband and I have so many CDs. So it's just I don't I don't want to pay for a subscription service. I if I can't be happy with 26,000 songs, I have a personal problem and yeah. You know, need assistance in another area. So, anyway, they're pushing customers to subscribe to Apple Music. Now, this is what they say yeah. users will still be able to purchase and download songs through iTunes Music Store, but within the music app. So, perhaps how they're going to change it is you're going to be able to purchase from inside your music app, which right now you cannot do. You have to purchase in your <laughs> iTunes app and it shows up in your music app.
2: Okay. I miss my vinyl records. And.
3: You can buy movies and TV shows in the TV app, which you you might already have figured out. Okay. But here's the other thing. When I back up my phone, I back up my phone to my computer and that happens through iTunes. So I said, so what are they going to do with that? I looked it up. Okay. For syncing, Apple said that a tool is now going to be located via the sidebar and finder. So you're you're still going to be able to sync your iPhone to your computer, but you're not going to do it through iTunes anymore. Then – Finally, at the end of uh, several articles, but, but particularly the CNN, one I'm referring to, it says Apple will likely roll. Listen to this. <laughs> Apple will likely roll out next steps to manage and access downloaded content in other ways, which basically means that they still haven't released what exactly you're going to do with all of your music and what my husband and I are going to do with our 26,000 songs.
2: This is the top of my iTunes queue here Uh, because I want to just keep it simple, right? Yeah. Um,
3: Can we – I mean –
2: Oh, come on now. Wait a second. We banned this song.
3: If that is in your Apple Music, I seriously am going to disown you as a friend. You didn't buy that. Did you buy that?
2: Baby. (laughs) What (laughs) a lovely – I can't get this out of my head, so if you it's, can't beat them, join them.
3: Listen, listen. We voted this the worst song of all time.
2: Yeah, but it sure is fun to sing along to. Listen, here's the deal. It's what, catchy. Whenever-
3: it's not catchy, Mike.
2: I thought, like, this this high-tech thing was going to make things easier. Right. All of a sudden... Now it seems like a scam.
3: Am I going to be holding 26,000, like, sing- like um, in my arms? Am I going to be carrying them around? Am I going to put them all in a backpack again? I don't get it. I'm going to have 600 CDs or something?
4: We
2: were building statues to these icons of the digital age that somehow, you know, we were transcending vinyl and I don't get cassette I don't, tapes.
10: John's going to miss all of his Janice Ian albums.
3: I love, you know, those Janice Ian albums. John's the only one that ever bought them. That
2: gets me. Ah. It gets me harsh. Anyway. What's that song? Um, 17. Oh. I learned the truth at 17. That should be banned. Come on. It's that should a, be banned. That is the Paul Anka song. I need therapy but still after they, I listen to that.
3: Talk the, about clinical depression. It's, the sound,
2: it's a soundtrack of my life. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Hey, have a great night. Always a pleasure that you're with us here today. You can find us at uh, johnandkathyshow.com and weirdly on iTunes if it existed. <laughs> <laughs> the Ride Home with John and Kathy. A production of Salem Media
0: Group.